All right, welcome to the call, everybody. We are right at the bottom of the hour, and it is uh, Thursday, the 20th of November. We are one week away from um, Thanksgiving, and more importantly, one week away from the busiest shopping week of the year, or the, the, the month, rather. We got um, Black Friday coming up. Obviously, Beachbody will have some killer Black Friday specials. Um, hearing a little bit about it um, from what's coming out. So you're going to see those here in the next several days probably released for you guys on Black Friday. It's always a big time of year. For you new coaches on the call who are wondering what I'm talking about, Beachbody, like every other major retailer in the, in the country, has Black Friday specials. Um, in the past, we've had P90X for like $59.99. We've had Turbo Fire for... 30 or $40. They just have some killer specials on, on Black Friday, and I'm sure that this year will be no different. Um, have some killer specials, and not just programs, but um, equipment, gear, all types of things. So look for those to be announced here in the next week. Uh, just a housekeeping reminder as well. We obviously will not be having a call uh, next week on Thanksgiving. We'll be observing the, uh, the holiday. It's time for spending with your families and being thankful for the things we have great in our lives so we will take next week off and return the week after um, write this down we are going to have an amazing call uh, the top coach in the country of canada we have miguel carrasco who will be joining us um, the week after to talk about how he has built a great multi-star business um, in a relatively brand new market canada uh, Beachbody launched recently, and he's the top coach over there right now. So we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk to him, interview him. I got to see one of uh, his Zoom calls that he done with one of our downline teams, Team Stay True, and it was pretty amazing. So I'm really excited to hear um, what Miguel has to bring. So mark that down for the first Thursday in December there. Um, in addition, guys, don't forget about closing the month strong. We still have the better part of 10, 11 days here to uh, capitalize, get Success Club, get those success points. Uh, if you're working for Elite or working for anything, it all comes with what you do at the end of the year here. And we've got some great challenge packs still for sale this month. you got the Pile Pack and the Pile Kickstart Pack. Kickstart obviously involves the three-day refresh, which I think is a great product to market. For you um, wondering how you can market that, it's a great product to market for that after turkey, uh, turkey day burn. A lot of people are going to be looking to kind of um, cleanse a little bit without wanting to do a full, you know, ultimate reset, but three-day refresh right after indulging in what most of us would do next Thursday. Um, so it's going to be a great time for you to market it that way. Um, any other housekeeping announcements that you think are worthy, Jason, that I'm missing for the end of the month here? Well, it's a big week in terms of the for, for rank advancements. Um, yep. And I just I looked on the diesel page, and uh, my girlfriend Amy Coppola uh, went five star for the first time ever. Which, as long as she keeps her, uh, you know, next five weeks, then she'll be lifetime five star, and she's got enough points to be elite. So all the people that have been trying for rank advancements to get to Elite, and I know uh, Christy Parmore has been doing well in that category. She just went up to six-star here recently and got her jackets. Um, this was the deadline for them to get there. So I know Monica Lopez, Amy, Christy, 
Um, we just want to congratulate them on that job that they've done. And then, um, you know, if you've already got the rank advancement or you're just kind of going to see how you can do uh, in terms of points, like, you know, we've got uh, another month and, like Jeff said, another month and 10 days to uh, try to get yourself up to 100, 125 points so that you can get in the uh, Premier and Elite categories. So just kind of want to mention that deadline for the company. Yep, exactly. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, I think we are entering or maybe we just entered or just ended the last week for you to qualify for two-star for the uh, the, the new diamond, um, two-star diamond leadership retreat down in uh, down in L.A. area for next January 20th, right? Wasn't, isn't that right around this time frame? Yeah, I think that was the same deadline uh, just to get you know, by the end of the year. So basically this deadline means we've got six weeks left in the year. And so if you were trying to qualify for one of those ranks, anything above star or anything above diamond, you know, it takes that six-week qualification just to become emerald or diamond. Like you can do that any week. So anybody that just is waiting on developing their two new diamonds to get to a leader premiere, you know, you can still do that up until the end of the year. But as Jeff mentioned, two star to go to this new leadership retreat. So uh, you should have started that qualification by yesterday. Yep, yep. So um, good luck for those of you that are hit two-star um, and are looking to qualify for that. I had the awesome pleasure of meeting one of our downline coaches um, today, actually, Jason, visiting from uh, out west. Uh, Dina um, visited us today, and she's in two-star qualifying right now. And I know she holds it just for a few more weeks. She'll be able to go to that event. So that's pretty exciting for her. Um, So good luck there, Dean. I know you'll hit that. Okay, let's get on to our call. Um, Jason and I were were chatting, um, you know, today and actually yesterday a little bit about his journey, you know, from um, I'll let him describe, you know, his journey through, through Beachbody here. He's been a coach for seven years and six months, right, Jason? That's right. Seven years and six months, um, you know, just hit that mark. And he had to do an exercise where he was looking back on, you know, his, his income over the last seven and a half years and where it's taken him. And it was pretty eye-opening. And I'm not going to steal Jason's thunder in, in that respect, but, you know, we thought it was a great idea to kind of talk about what what goes into building a seven-and-a-half-year business. Now, a lot of you on this call um, are in it for the long haul. If you're on this call, you're, you're entrenched in learning. We have quite a few people on the call. You're entrenched in learning, and you're in it for the long haul. Beachbody, I can remember when I first became a coach, and I can remember the game plan events that they had. And one of the, the rules of the game plan that was kind of like the – take the Beachbody Challenge mantra back when I first became a coach, but the game plan events all around the country, and I went to quite a few of them, you heard the same thing over and over, be here a year from now, be here a year from now. And we as Americans, sometimes we are so spoiled in the sense that we want results immediately. You know, we live in an age of fast food, we live in an age where we want instant results, instant rice, instant everything. So we live in this fast-paced lifestyle and we all know that anything fast-paced, anything half-assed, anything done quickly doesn't get you squat. It takes being here a year from now, or in Jason's case, seven and a half years from now, 
to have something amazing happen in your life. And obviously, those of you that, that, that know the history of me and Jason, we've known each other, Jason, and some of you don't. And it's good to, to, for me to discuss this, and I'm going to turn it over to Jason, but Jason and I have known each other basically our whole lives. Um, we, we used to go to elementary school together. Jason's one year ahead of me. He graduated in 91. I graduated in 92. But we've known each other ever since elementary. We grew up in the same neighborhood. We played on the same sports fields at recess at Merrill Park Elementary School, and, and, you know, we've known each other our whole lives. So, you know, when Jason asked me to do this business, I just basically followed him and what he had taught me to do and what was, you know, what, was, what did it take to be a Beachbody coach. And everything that I've done is because I followed his journey and just followed his lead and everything he said that would happen has happened. But Jason's journey has turned into... Um, a place where he has extreme financial freedom. He has um, been blessed with a great business, and many coaches that's come into his business has helped do that. But it all took, you know, a, a certain level of commitment and consistency, which you're going to hear him talk a little bit about. But Jason's kind of got uh, a story that kind of got him to where um, he had uh, trust in Tony's programs early on. And, 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 you know, like every one of you, he has a place where he had to start. You know, he had a, he had a place where he had to start fresh. And Jason would tell you, and I'm not going to steal this, it's one of my favorite stories. I want you to mention, Jason, about what your first sale was, you know, your first sale. I remember you, you talked about that. It was a very uh, mo- modest, you know, sale of one particular product that he'll talk about. But it all has to start somewhere. And where it has all culminated after seven and a half years is an amazing figure that he's earned, and I'm sure he'll share that with you. But, you know, he and I, over the course of the next 15 to 20 minutes here, are going to talk a little bit about what it takes to get to there. Because every one of you on this call is capable of that. This business, as I mentioned so many times, um, it's not diluted by more coaches. You know, we hear all the time, sometimes on business opportunity calls, people ask me, well, man, if we have 300,000 coaches already in the network and we're approaching that, if we have 300,000 coaches in the network already, how can I come in and make a difference? Well, the answer to that is we're not selling purses, we're not selling candles, we're not selling makeup, we're not selling disposable products where, you know, when somebody buys something, you know, what we do is we change people's lives. And there's a lot of obese people in this country. So every one of you on this call, has the innate ability to create an incredible business for yourself. And a lot of people on me and Jason's team are already starting to do that. Um, I've got coaches making, lots of coaches making six figures in my downline, and so does Jason. And it all comes from following the lead of someone and a great leader like Jason and what's happened for him. So without further ado, I'm going to have Jason just speak a little bit about what, where he started and what has happened over the last seven and a half years and what kind of has happened in between and what consistency means to him. And uh, and I'm going to interject here and ask a few questions I've got written down. But without further ado, here's Jason talking about what financial freedom has has come to over the last seven and a half years. Well, hello, everybody. Um, Yeah, I was talking to Jeff. And uh, that's one of the unique things in this business is that you should always complain. You should only complain to your upline and then just support the downline. 
So you're not going to, like, do complaints that you have in the business with, you know, people beneath you because then you're painting a bad image and not beneath you but, you know, further down on the team because then you're painting a bad image and they get a bad taste in their mouth. But you can complain to, like, the people above you because they've they've been it just as long as you have and they've seen some of the struggling points and you can discuss with it. So the amount of people that we can really share – like your true heartfelt feelings when it comes to income and some of the um, complaints or criticisms that we'd have for the business are pretty small. And and I'm fortunate enough that I can do that with Jeff. And I was talking earlier um, on the diesel call, and, and it's neat that, you know, Becky, um, Brissett, and Christina Delgado can do that by reaching up to me. And, you know, you could say numbers that could discourage people um, further down on the team but it's always encouraging to the people above you. So that was neat and interesting. Um, so how did that happen? I went to um, an NLP class. And that's an interesting story, too. Let's start there. <laughs> I went to an NLP class. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of traveling. My mother always told me that education is the one thing that people can't take away from you. And it's one thing that I've really enjoyed. So as income and time have become less constraints and more more about tools, right? Money, if anything, is really just a tool. It's not ever going to give you happiness. But you could use that tool to create more happiness if you choose to. So um, with the resources of some money and some extra time, I like to go around to these different trainings. And I pride myself in saying that um, I learned from the master's. So, like, one of the first things I did was Psy Seminars, and I went through all their classes because that was rec- to me, recommended to me by Upland Monica Ward, um, and she represents everybody that's listening on this call because she's Upland of me, so she's Upland of you as well. Um, and then I went back the following year and, and taught all those same classes. So that's an interesting thing that if you can experience um, anything at one level as a student, even master it, then to become an even better master, uh, go back and try to teach it because you'll always find new and interesting things that come up and questions that um, a different mind can present to you. And then after that, the following year, I did um, a lot with Tony Robbins. I traveled all over the world with him. And the following year was uh, Dr. John Demartini, and um, I went to several of his classes. And then this last year, and, you know, I'm missing a few years in between, but this last year... And I think there was a year that was more about Danny Johnson. This last year has been more about NLP. And so what happened was I went to a Tony Robbins class in Fiji about health and fitness. And there I met this individual, uh, Greg Allen, who was about to retire from the Marines. He wanted to kind of write a book about his experience and about health and fitness. And then he wanted to, um, you know, make a business out of promoting that book. And I'm like, wow. Um, you should really try, like, our, our products. And I didn't really push the business on them. I'm like, and if you really want to make a business of it, our products would fit in well with your idea. So I kind of forgot about it. And a couple of years later, after he retired and wrote the book, he called me. He's like, hey, I just finished Insanity. I'm in super fit, and I'm going to do this coaching thing. Well, he had written this whole book, had this worksheet, everything. Um, so he was ready to go. So I gave him a good transfer spot on the team. And... One of the things he wants to do is certify people to learn the coaching and the nutrition as well as he does. So the first thing he was going to require is everybody to go to these NLP classes. So I didn't even, well, I kind of knew what NLP was. It stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. 
And the way that I describe this is, and this is just through stuff I've learned in the personal development, is that your brain is compromised by a bunch of set, sets of programs. And the majority of these programs were put in your head by the time you were 18. In fact, by the time you're 18, 90% of your programs are written. By the time you were 12, like 70% of the programs were written. And actually, most of the programs, you know, 50 or 60% were written by the time you were 8. So one program that you might have in your head is like, well, don't touch the stove because if you do, it can burn your hand and that hurts. And if you don't take the opportunity to update that program as you grow in life, then you're, you have this limiting decision, which is stoves hurt people. But by the time you get to college, you know, if you're still operating out of that rule or that program, then you're going to starve to death. So then you have to reevaluate that, that first incident where you uh, burnt your hand and decide stoves aren't dangerous, you know, when you know how to use them correctly and then you can cook. So there's an interesting scenario is that we update the programs on our computer, whether using Apple or IBM, like it seems like daily. I can't go on my Apple computer for two days in a row without it updating some sort of Adobe something or another. It's craziness. But how often, with the exclusion of this stove analogy, do we actually go back and update the programs in our head? So what NLP is is neuro-linguistic programming, and it gives you this opportunity to See how you're currently operating. Identify what those programs are in your head, where they came from, and then choose to or not update that program as similar as you would your computer with new, more improved programs that will get you better results for what you want in your life. So Greg wanted me to go to this, pro this class first before I became one of his certified teachers. So I went to the class, and the guy was really cool, and there was an extra um, master practitioner class that I just went to. Anywho, um, turns out that Tony Robbins from stage, and Tony Robbins is the one person in the world who's most successful at doing NLP. Every one of the techniques that Tony does in his classes are basically NLP techniques, and Tony learned from this guy's father, um, from the original creator of NLP, which is Richard Brandler. So when I say, like, I, I pride myself on the ability of uh, working with the masters, it it's, truly is. Like, Richard Bandler, um, Matt James, and Matt James' father are the ones that, like, basically created NLP. So it's pretty neat that I get to learn and train from him. Well, it turns out Matt... Um, had been overweight, he's Hawaiian, and uh, he got turned on to P90X just to lose weight, and it's worked for him. So now he heard about Greg doing the fitness program. He saw me in the classes wearing P90X gear, and now he's a new coach on our team who's enrolled 36 new coaches in the last month. So it's pretty crazy results just from doing something, you know, that I was passionate about, which is spending um, a little bit more on my free time on these extra classes and stuff. But to go back to my beginnings, so I guess really what that tells you, because um, the, the point of today's call is like, you know, how to be successful in this business and, you know, what it takes long term. So people ask me that question all the time, 
and depending on which phase of my career you've asked that question, you've probably got a different answer. But I think for the last year or two, if you want the two secrets to working this business and, you know, get prepared to write this down, <laughs> is um, consistency and duration. If you do anything consistent and long enough, like, you will have success at it. I mean, the definition of not quitting is, you know, keeping at it until success occurs. So that's really all that it takes. Um, and in doing it for seven years and meeting like-minded people through just doing the things you enjoy, for me it was Tony Robbins and NLP, um, I've recruited a new member on our team who Tony Robbins talks about on stage um, and Matt himself does, you know, several million dollars a year in, in course trainings. And now he's up on stage promoting the products for us, you know, in my week leg. So that's just what's possible if you're consistent and uh, and uh, do it for a long period of time. But I think uh, now I'm rewinding back in my timeline. Everybody has a timeline that they operate from. And if I was to ask you, you might say that your timeline, if you close your eyes, it's kind of floating above you and it goes from left to right or from your back left to your front right. But everybody, like if you closed your eyes and kind of thought you were Superman and floated above your timeline, you could go back to any particular period in your life or even go forward and, and see what your expectations are. So as I, was, as I go back in my timeline now, um, how did I get started in this business? So I posted up on Team Sparty. I wasn't able to write to the um, individual group. Two different presentations. So the first one is uh, San Diego, my intro. And it's just an introduction, a few introduction slides that I did for a previous speech in San Diego. And I really like to talk about that. And I think depending on how long you've been around this business, sometimes I take for granted that everybody knows my story. So I'd like to go back if you can uh, humor me for a minute with that. So if you're interested, go ahead and download that presentation. You can follow along with the slides. So I'm just on slide three here now. And if you look at that, it's like a chubby Jason in a black shirt with like this blonde girl. So the blonde girl is my uh, ex-wife and like the chubbiness that you see next to her is kind of what I became from, you know, doing the career that I had chosen, right? I didn't get stuck in doing some dead-end job that I didn't want to do. Like, I went to college. Um, I had great uh, experience in electrical engineering. I got to the point where I could make six figures a year. But that lifestyle um, led me to the shape that you see in this third slide here, which wasn't really all that awesome. And when she got pregnant, um, you know, I gained that extra weight just like she did. So I was uh, traveling a lot for work at the time. What the only advantage that we got for traveling was we had a free expense account. That means you could go to any restaurant you want and eat whatever you wanted. And we had long hours. We'd work 10, 12 hours some day. So the only one way that we could justify um, actually that extra amount of time that we're spending and leaving our families and traveling away from home is like we'd go out and eat and drink and be merry. So like if you didn't order the $40 surf and turf every night, you kind of felt like you're getting gypped. So that's what we did, and that's what led to that fitness. So I had done this a few different trips, and I was in one trip in Virginia like late at night watching infomercials. 
and I saw like that first Power 90 infomercial and what spoke to me is it's pretty unique a guy named Doug Dragon I figured out his name later was posing under this waterfall in Hawaii with Tony Horton and he said you know when I started the workouts I was just amazed at what great shape Tony was and here I am a year later in Hawaii with him and I'm posing in this waterfall and I look just as good as he does and something about the way that Doug said that um, made me say you know what I can do that too and so that's when I you know did the late night infomercial order and I'm sure I was in Virginia so I got sent back home and I forgot about it Um, but by the time I got back home like the box was sitting in there oh yeah that thing I ordered um, and, and eventually I started to do it. So the next slide shows you, and this was back in 2003. So this was a long time. And it shows three different pictures, day one, day 15, and day 30. And although day 30 is a little stretched out and maybe I look a little bit leaner than I actually was, these are physical real results I was getting uh, with the program in only 30 days, you know. And I was pretty happy with it, but there was two things I noticed is that these these workouts worked and it was taking me away from my relationship because the community for Beachbody back then was so strong and with the forums and everything that if you were posting pictures like this online, you were getting a lot of attention. In fact, I think I got called to be in that first Power 90 Hawaii video. They basically asked me if I wanted to go to Hawaii um, and I should submit my results. And I said, you know what, I don't think I should submit my results because I never finished the whole 90 days. I only did these 30 days. And they're like, well, it's not about finishing. But I just didn't feel right with that. And it turns out later talking to people, I probably was asked to go to Hawaii and I just never entered. Anywho, the community was so strong that I noticed if I would have kept on there, there, there was all these women. It was going to ruin my relationship. I, like, I would have started flirting with somebody and probably screwed that up. Um, and my wife wasn't really supportive of it because she wanted to spend time together. And I remember back then it was kind of like dancing with the stars, which is ironically still around. Um, and so it was like, oh, let's go. I want to work out. And she's like, well, let's go watch this show together. Or, you know, it was time, uh, spending time with my son. And so as quickly as I got those results in 30 days, like they kind of went away when I stopped doing them. The next slide is just a picture of a uh, mute me with my son and this was pretty shortly thereafter I had kind of stopped doing the power 90 so getting chubby again uh, the next one is kind of funny it's just a picture of my son lifting weights there at Disneyland uh, one of the trips we went on so everybody in the family was excited about fitness kind of the next picture uh, saying is slide seven just show two different befores and so um, one is dated 11 and the other one was right around the same time. But what happened here was um, my marriage ended. My wife left for a wedding back in Georgia. We were living in Texas. And then her dad was sick and she wanted to stay. Well, um, like a week-long trip became a month, became six, six months, and eventually we just separated. It's kind of a crazy story. It doesn't really even make sense. But that's what happened. Anywho, when she left, slide seven shows like how I looked and I just I wasn't really happy with myself I wasn't happy with my relationships I wasn't really happy with my life the way I was going so I knew at this point something in me had to change and I didn't even know what it was but what I did know was what I um 
one of the things, some of the things I wanted. And one of them was a relationship, a new relationship. So I couldn't think about what I needed to do or what I wanted to be, but I could think about who the man that the girl I wanted to date would be or look like. And so I emulated him, you know, whatever that figurative man was, which is just a weird way to reframe, like, what did I want to become? But that's the way I was able to think about it. Who would the girl that I want to date? Because I knew what she looked like. I knew what she was like. Who would she want to date and what was he like? And the first thing I thought of was, you know, things like, well, more money, more free time, um, more fit. And so I thought about it. And at this time, I had tried P90 and had good results. I tried P90X, a different trip when I was in Denver, automating that airport. And I had also tried Slim and Six, thinking if I just lost some weight, then it would be easier to get going on this. P90 was, P90X was too hard, and using those bands wasn't getting me the results I wanted, and I couldn't really travel with weights at the time. P90 worked good for me, and Slim and Six, like, it was just too much squats and lunges, and although it helps my back, it really wasn't making me um, lose weight or get fit. So I decided at that point that Power 90 worked for me. It was a short workout I could do. I enjoyed doing it. I thought Tony was funny. I was like the one guy that actually enjoyed him in those workouts. And I could commit to doing a half an hour for the rest of my life. And I think this is an important thing that comes up with everybody. I haven't met anybody in the seven and a half years of doing the business that's come up to me and said, hey, Jason, I'm going to try P90X and get through 90 days. Right, you have to be committed to it. It has to be a goal. You have to get a support structure. You have to map out the time you're going to do it. You've got to set up your gym. You have to have really strong um, reasons why you want to achieve it. And this was the first time, although I had tried three or four different programs, that I was like, hey, this time I'm going to finish. You know, In fact, I was just never going to stop. I was just going to keep doing Power 90 forever. So that's what I started with. And then slide eight. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is funny to me. Um, slide 8 was the first ever Beachbody event that I've been to. So if you met or even our Super Saturdays now look more impressive than this first Beachbody event in all of Dallas. And this was at the airport, you know, it's like a really big deal. And in fact, everybody you see on stage was somebody that had achieved a cool rank. So um, Yamil, the guy, or the girl right next to the tall guy, was Rat Ruby. The tall guy is actually Robert Hudson's, and he was wearing his first diamond pin. The one right next to uh, Robert is Milan Jensen. She was diamond, or maybe probably just diamond at the time. Um, and a couple of other different people. The guy on the far right, incidentally, is somebody that Robert grew up with, and when he saw Robert on the P90X infomercial, he got excited about it, called Robert, and now they were both doing awesome in the business because two stories were stronger than one. At that instant, I really set for myself a goal that I want to find somebody they grew up with that these programs would work with too, and then instead of me just shouting at the top of my lungs back in Saginaw that this works, we'd have two people living the lifestyle. And later on, obviously, that's kind of become Jeff. But I did set that goal in my vision for self, myself at this first event back, you know, seven years ago. Um, so this is the first event I went to. And the neat thing for me there was at this point, I was a divorced guy living in a buddy's house, going to work for like eight hours every day and then coming home every night. And I didn't even have a bed frame. I had a nice queen-size mattress. 
um, but I didn't have a bed frame, and it was like a little 12 by 14 room. So every morning when I woke up, I'd lift the bed and the box spring up against the wall, and I wouldn't put it back down at night until I'd done my workout. And that's one of the ways that hold me, held me accountable to working out every day. Like I said, I was going to do p 95 Um, So I was just this guy in this room with seemed like all my married friends were gone. And anybody who's been through, um, well, that's married or been through a marriage or has gotten divorced will understand this. Like, you have a certain set of male friends and a certain set of female friends. And some of your friends are single and some are married. And if you're not married anymore, you kind of don't have the married friends anymore. So that was the case I was at. And so what I would do is I'd work every day. I'd go home every night. I'd do my workout. And then I'd go online. At the time, that was MySpace. And it was the Beachbody Bulletin Boards. And I had all these friends online, but they were just really people on a computer, and I didn't kind of didn't think any of them existed. So I went to this event, and I had just become um, a coach, which is a whole separate story, which I'll say right after. Um, and the cool thing was, like, Robert Hodgins came up to me, and he said, oh, hey, you're Jason, right? And um, Charlene Booker was the same thing. And in my eyes, these guys were like the leaders of the pack, like the people that were successful at it. Robert had just won $10,000 for his fitness results. For that, So for that guy to know my name, like introduce himself to me, like was incredible. Like again, I was just this guy working out at home. When I first started um, that first 30 days with Power 90, they had something that was called a coaching position. And really what it was is you'd go online, you could start a little newsletter on the message boards and if other people came in, you could kind of help guide them. And if you had kind of a lot of people following you every once in a while, Beachbody might send you some free supplements. You know, but it wasn't a paid position. It was just kind of like the support structure. And they were just trying out the idea. Because so what they saw is that people had good results talk to other people, and, and they got better results, and they talked to more people. So they were trying to incentivize that, and they didn't really know how. So I was a coach back then. And it was neat for me because the people that were coaches back then, I remember, were Tracy Morrill, Monica Ward, myself, Tony Barca, and that's like all the coaches that I really remember from way back there, and that was 2003. Um, so when I started my fitness results this time in 2006, I wasn't going to become a coach. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Why be coach? Like, who wants to follow like this 34 divorced chubby guy, right? You know, who can I coach? And I think that is another interesting question and point that we should all decide is that everybody questions their ability to lead and who will follow. And the trick with that is is like to not worry about like who's going to follow you. No matter what kind of shape you're in or no matter how bad off you think your life is, there's somebody else that you can inspire because there's somebody that's chubbier or, um, you know, has less freedom and resources and income than you do. So no matter what you do, if you put yourself out there, you will be an inspiration for someone. So I did it. And my secret goal for becoming a coach was if I can inspire one person to start these workouts too, then I'll feel valuable and I'll figure out what this coaching thing is. Because I knew it had changed, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was a paid position. So sure enough, that happened. The guy was Travis Dupree out of North Carolina, um, he's like, man, you got great results. We met on Facebook, I mean, MySpace. And uh, he's like, I want to do it too. And I'm like, hey, cool. They've got this thing called coaching. So if you're into it, like, um, you should get 
power 90. He's like, I got it. I'm like, awesome. You should do your pictures and you need to um, measure your results so that you can win one of these awards. So you need a body fat gauge. So he bought the body fat gauge, you know, which is like $15. And I made $3 profit for it. And that's my first sale. If I go back to my office now, seven and a half years later, I can still see that first sale of that body fat gauge to Travis Dupree. And I didn't know I was going to, I didn't know I was making money from it. So when I got that first check, I'm like, well, this is cool. I got this cool little commission. And I started to hear about other people that were making more money, like $100 a week or whatever. And I'm like, that's inspiring. If I could do that, that'd be really cool. But I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't have somebody I knew that made me believe. And believe, you know, I think is another key point that we all should write down and maybe take away from this call. So at this point, I was getting pretty fit. Um, still hadn't really done well at this point what I was doing is I was seeing people getting better results from P90X than I was and I was getting in good shape and I was losing weight but I wanted even better results and so I said I know I said I was going to do Power 90 forever but it's been four months and I need a bigger challenge so then I went to P90X and I was about one month into P90X and I went on one of these uh, celebrity trainer calls that Beachbody offers all the time you know, I think one of the things that we should do now all as coaches is we should look at the Beachbody message boards and forums because there's a lot of people out there that need help. We should look at the cool down chats because there's a lot of people out there that have questions. And as a coach, this is a great way for you to look and find people that want help. And I'm not talking about specifically soliciting that they should buy stuff from you, but just reach out to people, learn about them, and see if there's some way that you can help them. And in turn, I think those do become clients and coaches of yours. And check out some of these chats. You know, I hear uh, Sagi Khalid is in town this week to do one of these celebrity chats here at corporate. And uh, Barb, anyway, I went on one of these calls with Tony Horton, and the only thing I knew about Tony at this point was what I saw in Power 90. And when I went on this call, like, he was a really cool guy. Like, he was really humble, but he talked about personal development and, like, all the things that meant. He was really reaching out to people on the call and, like, I think you could do, like, an online chat. So I kept typing in a question, and he actually responded, like, with my name to my question. And I just felt like that was the coolest thing in the world. And um, I had a lot of respect for him at this point. And he talked about you should go out to this event that he was having in New York. Um, it was, like, 4th of July weekend, I don't know, I guess 2006 or seven, And it was, like, you know, it wasn't that expensive. It was like $250, $400, you know, for a, a weekend retreat with him. And for for me at that point, that was like the one guy in the world I really wanted to meet. So unfortunately, I didn't have any money. Um, I'm like, man, if I had money and I had that weekend off of work, I would go. So sure enough, um, at work, things were really pressured. And they said, you know what, if we can get this project done, before the 4th of July weekend, we'll give everybody a long weekend off and we'll give you a bonus. And I'm like, oh my God, that would give me the time and the money that I need to go to this event. So sure enough, we worked hard. We got the bonus. Like, I signed up online through, I think Tracy Morrow was running it, paid the money with PayPal, bought a ticket the next day to fly from Dallas to New York, um, must have rented a car and just... Did I run a car? I don't know. Somehow I got up there. I took a bus. And got up to like this small little camp in um the middle of upstate New York and 
I remember Tony was introducing or shaking everybody's hands at the door. He's like, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? I'm like, hey, Jason from Dallas. He's like, who'd you come here with? I'm like, oh, it's just me, man. He's like, wow, you came all the way from Dallas just to work out with me. That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you and all these other great people I've met on the message boards. And it was really cool. And it was a great week. And that's where I got to meet my coach. Um, I got to meet um, some of the people in my upline, all these people that have won awards. And from there, what it took as kind of a hope for me to make something out of this business, it gave me belief because now I had met people that were doing it. I met Tony. I saw what a great guy he was. I met my upline who was there making 200 bucks a week. I met, um, you know, another guy upline and his wife who were making 100 bucks a week, and they told me that it was possible and gave me belief. So that went week went really good. At the end of the week, I'm like, hey, you know what? This is just a weird coincidence, but I'm going to be in L.A. next weekend. I actually had a date because now the fitness was working. <laughs> so I had, like, this little rendezvous date out in L.A. Um, and I'm like, is there any chance, like, I could do a workout with you or something out there? Like, I'll come to your house. I'll pay your fees. Because he had said he charged about 100 bucks an hour if you went to his house and 200 bucks an hour if he had to go to your house. I'm like, shit, for 100 bucks an hour, like, I'll go do a workout. It's be awesome. Um, and he's like, yeah, you're going to be out there next week. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know where uh, Santa Monica Beach is? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know where the pier is? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, we do this little workout on Sundays down at the Santa Monica Beach. You should come out and do it with us. I'm like, oh, my God, the Sunday buddy workout? Because I would heard him, him talk about it in P90X. He's like, yeah, come on out. Like, oh, my God, that was like a dream come true. So I went out there, and the next picture, picture 10 shows me sitting there with Dominic, you know, from Plyo. Um, Tony's on the far right, and La Machina <laughs> on my right, uh, Phil, who, you know, I had a lot in common with Phil. That was pretty neat. But it was a really neat opportunity that I got to meet. And so at that point, like, I really committed to the coaching. Within a month of New York, I took a bunch of pictures with Tony and stuff. I went Emma right away. And now all of a sudden I was making, you know, the 100 bucks a week. So at that point, um, things weren't going great at work. I was really excited about um, Beachbody. And so a lot of times I was just on my space back at work trying to find new folks to share Beachbody with. Um, and I set a couple goals for myself. So this was like March. March, April, May, June, July. No, it had to be after July. So it was like July, August. Um, and I set some goals for myself for the end of the year. I wanted to win one of these awards. This was the first year Beachbody was ever giving out these awards, and the winners up in that point were Mark Briggs um, in my age group, Mark Briggs, Mike French, Aaron Mathis, Perry Tinsley, just all these huge names, Robert Hudgens, like all these people that were superstars basically in the videos. So for me to compete in that group was like crazy, but that was my goal. I was going to win one of these awards. I was going to win one of these trips to Hawaii, and uh, I was going to become a diamond coach. And I didn't even know what half that stuff meant. I just set those goals up, not even knowing how to achieve them. And I was working out like crazy. So now I went home, and after working out with Tony on the beach, I wasn't keeping up as well as him and Phil and Dominic, but I was pretty close. And so I'm like, if I want to do as well as they do at the beach, I need to be lifting the same weight that they lift in the videos. So I went home and I spent like, you know, an hour and I wrote down the weights that Tony and Bobby and and uh, Phil were using in each one of the workouts. And I still have it to this day. Every time I do P90X, I've got a little number next to each workout that says T45, B30. 
so I know how much Bobby's using. I know how much Tony's using. And I try to keep myself on pace with that because if I'm going to go and work with these guys at the beach, they need to be doing what they're doing to get there. So I did that. I went out to L.A. one more time. No, 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 I didn't. I, I went home. I got really good at the workouts. became, like, pretty successful on the message boards. I was getting popular in MySpace. Now MySpace just looked like it was a Beachbody, looked like Beachbody's Facebook page now. And I had every video that they ever had. Um, and I was getting noticed by the company. So all of a sudden, they were doing the first infomercial for 10-Minute Trainer. It was a brand-new product at that point. And they wanted to fly out some P90X and Power90 success stories to say how cool the new 10-minute trainer was. So they sent me a copy of that. I got to do that for, you know, like a month, a couple weeks. And then I flew out to L.A. and I was in this 10-minute trainer commercial, which is picture 11. Well, to do that, I had to give my, I had to give work notice that I was going to be gone for like this long weekend. And they basically said, well, that's fine. You can go out there. But if you go out there, don't bother to come back. And what I said was, like, at the time, I'm fine with that because this job was like a sinking ship and everything that I wanted to do was around Beachbody and help other people. So basically, um, I kind of took a voluntary layoff at that point, went out to uh, California to do this. I had just refinanced a, a, a rental property that I had, so I had about 30000 in savings. And what I decided based on those goals was, at the end of the year, I was going to live off the savings. I was going to build up this diamond business. I was, you know, going to become one of the top coaches who won the Hawaii trip. And the other thing was win this fitness award. Well, so with that time off, this kind of takes me to picture 12, and this is me getting that body bike P90X tattoo. Um, to, now that I had this time off and I wasn't working, what I did is I figured out where all the Beachbody events were. So similar to our Super Saturdays. You know, there was one in Dallas, and then there's one in Chicago, and there's one in Vegas, and there's one in L.A. So I just mapped these out on the calendar. It was kind of like one a month. And so what I did was I would buy the tickets ahead of time so they were nice and cheap, and I would stay with somebody that I met at Tony Horton's fitness camp because basically they were all the leaders in the company were at that camp. And, you know, or I'd just, you know, stay on somebody's floor, whatever it took. I'd fly out there for 100 bucks, 150 bucks, go to the event, stay at somebody's house. And in the meantime, before the event, I would just recruit people to come out to the event. And I'd be, so they, I would say, like, if you enroll as a coach and you bring two people to this event, you're going to come away as envelopes. And so that's what I was doing. I'd talk to one or two people at an event. They'd come, they'd bring the two people that are envelopes. And that was the start of my business. So at this point, I knew Power90 worked. I had met the CEO of the company. I met Tony. I realized, like, how good the products were how good the company was. The company had already been around for five, six years. Products worked. And I saw where coaching was going. I mean, the first time I got a first cycle bonus check, which are $14 now, but back then they were $25, I'm like, how did I get this check? And how do I earn more of these? And as soon as I figure that out, I'm going to be able to retire from this. It's just a matter of time. Again, consistency and duration will give you all the success you want, and then the rest is really just whatever number you need to, you know, quit. So I knew it was going to happen at that point. So I traveled around all these events, met all these people. I knew Beachbody was a rocket ship that was going to the moon, and the only question in my mind was how many people am I going to have on the ship when it gets there? So that's a weird question that only an analytical uh, emerald-type person might ask themselves. 
But I basically figured that at this point, Beachbody was only about a thousand people big. And I, well, no, when I really started, Beachbody was about 200 people big. It was just the founders and a few of us that signed up like the first month thereafter. So it was only about 200, 250 big. And, you know, I quickly went to Emerald and, and I was on my way to Diamond. So that meant I had eight coaches. So out of the 250, I had eight. And that was a small percentage. And I'm like, if I can increase the percentage of coaches that I have from eight over 250 to be 10% of the company, then as this opportunity gets bigger and bigger and bigger and we get to 5,000 and 10,000 and 100,000 someday, if I keep 10%, then when we're at 100,000, I'm going to have a huge portion of this business on my team. And so that was my goal. That's why I left that job kind of voluntarily, kind of forced. Um, that's why I burned up $30,000 in savings. But I was living, I had a Jeep that was paid off that now Jeff has. I was living in somebody's converted garage for 500 bucks a month. And I had all the freedom in the world. I was traveling at all these events, meeting all these people that are getting super fit and, like, were really awesome people that just cared about passion and helping others. And by the end of that six months, when I ran out of money, I didn't win the top coach trip. I, won, I lost by a couple of points to somebody who was right above me and could see what I was doing. And so they just sold a little bit more than I did. Um, so I didn't get the Hawaii trip. But I got this infomercial that I didn't even know about. I became diamond within a month of deciding that, you know, that was a goal. Um, and I won my age group in December of 2007 with all those great names that I mentioned before um, and got $1,000 for that. And that was just a big, huge achievement for me that I tried every day. And I wouldn't put down the bed every night until I'd done my work. And if that meant I didn't go to sleep till 3 a.m., I didn't go to sleep till 3 a.m. And if that mean being late for work the next day, I was late for work. But that's why I lost my job, because what was I committing to, if you think about that scenario? Was I committing to, like, a great career in a dead-end engineering job, because of the way I saw it? Or was I committing to retiring from Beachbody? There was no question in my mind I was committing to retiring from Beachbody. So the next couple slides are just placeholders. It shows Elite 2010, Elite 2011, Elite 2012, I was really happy when um, Brett Blake posted slide 16. It says, please don't share this without his permission, but I want to congratulate Jason Diebel for topping the million-dollar mark this week. And that was August 3rd of 2012, where I'd finally passed, like, that first million-dollar benchmark that I'd kind of set for myself, you know, which my goals didn't stop. You know, one of the things I want to say in this business is one of my best buddies out in Arizona, Richard Springer, who I bought into this business, about the same time as Jeff, actually, before Jeff. I'm like, you know, Jeff, we got to, Jeff Springer, we got to set up a goal for you, you know, like, you know, what is your goal? I had this goal about being diamond, you know. Um, my goal, in theory, that first time I lost my job was to make enough money after that 30000 was spent so I didn't have to go back to work. I didn't quite make that. By the time I had to go back to work, I was still only making 200, 250 a week, so wasn't enough to live off of, but I built a real solid foundation for my business. Um, so I'm like, what's your goal, Jeff Sprunger? And he's like, I want to make enough to pay off my pool, pool payment, you know, which was 200 bucks a month. I'm like, awesome, that's a great first goal. So, so he worked the business, he became diamond, he was making 200 bucks a month, and then he stopped. You know, like other things became more important. Like he wanted to win one of the fitness awards. He did that, um, but he never set a higher goal. So when I talked to Jeff, I'm like, Brewster, I'm like, hey, dude, we got to set up a goal for you. And his goal was to pay off 
um, make his camper payments, which was pretty similar. You know, it's two, three hundred bucks a month. So that was the first goal. But before he reached that goal, I'm like, hey, we got to set another goal after this. And if you don't have another goal to achieve, like, I've got this other buddy in Arizona who just fizzles out, and I want to make sure you don't fizzle, fizzle out. So Jeff's next goal was, like, to pay off, like, a car. And then it was to, like, buy a deferred car. And then it was, like, to pay off his house. And you guys have seen Jeff's financial success. You know how that goes. But it's because he always kept upping his goals. The next picture, um, 17, shows that I was in an infomercial for P90X. Picture 18, I was in an infomercial for um, Body Beast. So now I've been in three infomercials, 10-minute trainer, P90X, Body Beast. And I know what it takes to do it. Like, you know, if you set your goals, you watch your nutrition, do the workouts every day, you too, and have great pictures, and numbers, you too can get in any one of these infomercials you want. The best time to do it is right after a new product comes out. Stick to it, get your results, and submit your results in the required fashion with a great story, and, and you'll be chosen. I mean, I know this now. And, like, especially if you are willing to be here when they film, like, it's one thing to say, well, this guy in Maine's got great results. Do we want to fly him out and pay his airfare and all that stuff? Or you'd be like, you know what, i got a friend that lives in California. If you want me, I can be out there. And then you come stay with me for a week, you know. That's a better way to do it. But either way, it will work. So then slide 19 shows my um, where I won the $1,000. And, you know, we've got a bunch of great people on team like Jeff that have gone on to do it. 20 shows the tattoo. And then um, I think it's funny. When I show up to events now, like, it's really funny. Um, the reason that the tattoo is on page 20 is that when I first went to events, they were like, hey, you're the guy with the P90X tattoo. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's me, and I'd have to show them the tattoo. And then, like, the second summit went to, everybody was like, oh, you're the guy that's dating Barbie Decker. And it's funny that picture actually shows a picture of Barbie and Denise, both <laughs> people that um, I've spent some time with and great friends. Um, and then it seems like the third or fourth summit I went to, they're like, oh, my God, you're the guy from Coaching Codes. So it's unique that although I've never changed like my goals and my vision for what I want this business to be for me and the fitness level that I expect of myself, it's neat that different people see you in different roles. The tattoo guy, the guy with the popular girlfriend, and then the creator of Coaching Codes. And the last couple slides there um, show some of the things I'm really proud of. You know, Slide 23, I got to share stage and, and team teach or present this concept of these different areas of your in your life and how you can map that out. So this first picture you see on page 23 is me and Tony Robbins on stage. Um, right after I had done Body Beast, I was in India, and I was showing him, like, how my life was originally structured. And so there's a big picture on there that was, like, lazy. And there was a big picture that was, like, um, beach butt, bad boy, crazy guy. And there's a big picture that was fitness, but they weren't lined up. And so then we we talked together about how to structure that so that you organize these circles in your life as to who you want to become, not what you currently are, not what you were 10 years ago, but who you want to become. And then with a clear organization, it's easier to achieve. And some of the other cool things that I've achieved is I co-authored this book with Bob Proctor and Jane Willey, you know, who's the founder of Sci Seminars, that first personal development class that I went to. So... Already, I'm sure this uh, call is getting there. We're almost at the hour. But the last slide just says past, present, future. So that's where I've come. Um, 
these are some of the things that I'm currently doing in the present and, you know, what's to go on in the future. Well, like, I still feel Beachbody is this rocket ship that's going to the moon. Like, we just now have one extra company under our belt, Canada, and we'll have Miguel on the call next week. But where is it going? Like, when you see other MLMs and, you know, I look at Juice Plus, who I've got people who have made millions in that company as friends. I look at New Skin. It's the same sort of thing. Uh, Amway. Like, as these companies open to other countries, if we're at 100,000 coaches, active coaches now, um, where will we be when we expand to Europe and Mexico and Australia, all people of which have existing people that they want to be coaches now? So the opportunity here is still huge. So what I want to say is, you know, that's really where I came from. But this last week, you know, as I look at these programs in my head in NLP, and it's really current, cool, I learned hypnosis. I could actually hypnotize all of you on the call right now if I wanted to. In fact, I probably am a little bit. Um, but as I looked at, back at my programs, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to achieve, you know, my next goals? Because without that goal, I'm going to fizzle out like Jeff Sprunger. If I didn't choose to pay off my house like Jeff Armbruster did, I might have stopped at paying off my camper. So I looked at it, and what I noticed, well, two crazy things. My goal in this business, because if you understand the um, volume ratios, I'm really good at figuring out numbers. So when I look at the checks, um, my biggest portion of my checks, when you start out, it seems like it's commission. Long term, it seems like it's bonuses. So when I look at my first $1,000 check, 90% of that check comes from bonuses, either your team cycle bonus or your matching bonus, which gets bigger and bigger. Matching bonuses are unlimited. So think about that. If I have a great coach and the team was earning $10,000 a week like Jeff is capable of, then I earn then I earn 10% of that, so I get an extra $1,000. If I had 10 coaches on my team each earning $10,000, I'd get $10,000 from that. And let's say I had 13, I'd get 13000 and that's more than you can earn in the comp plan. So, like, short-term money comes from commissions. Mid-term to long-term money comes from volume. And the extremely long-term riches comes from matching bonus. And that's about building your team so that you have a bunch of great leaders, star diamonds, that is maxing out the comp plan as well. So those are the things I teach. But my midterm goal was to max out the comp plan. So I've always had a really strong right leg. My goal was to just to get half that volume or max max out the comp plan, which happens, I think, at 66,000 um, TV per week. And I look back at it now, and it's like my volume last week or the week before on the left side was 88,199. That represents the entire team, Sparty, most of the people on the call. The right side was 586,000 which is the strong leg, which represents Team Diesel, um, Chris Reed, uh, Bob Lucido, like all those great people over there. So huge, huge ratios. So that center is obviously capable of maxing out the comp plan at 12,000 a week. My second CBC had 69,678 volume points. So that has enough to be the weak leg and max out the comp plan. The right side there is only 3,000. 
so that's not making a ton of money, but it's got huge potential, and that's where this new NLP trainer went. So hopefully that's going to grow. The third CBC um, gets smaller, and you know that can still earn about $1,000 a week. The fourth CBC probably looks like most newer coaches on this team. Like it doesn't have a ton of volume yet, but I'm growing that. What was really surprising to me is I looked at my dad's volume. And my dad is my first coach on my right side. So there's $500,000 a week in volume, 500,000 volume points over there. And he's got this really unique position where he's got Bob Lucido and Chris Reed and all those superstars on his right leg. And on his left leg, he had a leg that was really, really weak. Um, but it had Keith Colombo on it. And Keith Colombo signed up a guy named David Ovida. And David Ovida had a free customer named Becky Brissett. And that was like three years ago. And at this point, Becky Brissett can match out the, max out the comp plan. So my dad's weak leg does 108,000 PV a week. I'm not sure if you see that, but my weak leg is 88,000. My dad's is 108. My dad's position now has matured to a to a weaker leg that's better than mine. So that's just that's what one of the things that's amazing about this company. And Jeff alluded to it at the beginning is that just because Jason got into this business seven years ago and there's been two things: consistent and um, you know long term, which I would say consistent and and duration. Um, doesn't mean that he has to be more successful than me because my dad, who obviously came in after, now has a better position than I do. Um, Becky, right now, who has a higher rank, is earning more than I do because her rank is higher, which gives her higher limits. And you see that our latest female top coach has been in the business for less than half the time I am. I have, she is actually kind of close to our upline, and I have a spot that I can look at above us. And I can see her and her volume that she's done and built. And she's done more than me in less than half the time. So anything is truly possible in this business. So one of the things I noticed that when Matt James was up on stage teaching NLP um, and soliciting folks to try Beachbody because you can get super fit in it and lose a lot of weight like he did and also you could make some extra money, he mentioned me as being... Um, a model. So great people in this world, and this is an NLP technique, they don't they don't go out, let's say you want to become a, a fitness coach, they don't go out and buy a book that says Fitness Coaching 101. What they do is they model a successful person. I've heard this from Tony Robbins, now I've heard it from Matt James, I've heard it from several other great people in my life. And again, I, I attribute myself as learning from the masters, so you know, uh, John Martini. It's funny. I had a friend over uh, a couple years ago, and we were watching The Secret. Like, it just come out. Well, it had been out for a couple years. And um, the first person on there is Bob Proctor. I'm like, oh, I co-authored a book with him. The next person on there who's on there a lot is Lisa Nichols. I'm like, oh, I met Lisa twice and did two, like, half-day conferences with her. She's awesome. I read her, her book and her material. She's really great. The next person was Dr. John Martino. I'm like, oh, my God, I've been to three of his classes, spent, like, over three weeks in a room alone with him with, like, 12 or 20 other people. The next person was John Ashcroft. I'm like, oh, my God, my assistant is dating his assistant. The next person was um, Michael Beckworth. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's, like, 
Michael Beckworth. I go to his church here in L.A. And then the next person, like, I didn't know. <laughs> but this girl was like, is there anybody in this video that you don't know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, like, two. But everybody else I do know through association. Mostly because I followed this model that I heard on that first phone call or chat with Tony seven years earlier is that he was always trying to grow himself mentally, you know, like learn, which is the same thing my mom said. Education is the one thing people can't take away from you. So you read all the books. Like leaders and winners, they read. Followers and victims watch TV. Like, and, you know, like I watch as much TV as the next person. Um, my favorite show right now is Sons of Anarchy. But I was watching, like, the second to the last episode the other night, and I came away from that, and I was a, in a really vulnerable state after NLP, so, like, my mind is really open to, like, new ideas right now. Um, I came away from that call, or that show, and I'm like, I was deathly afraid of, like, going to jail or being shot, because that's what they talk about in the show. Now, I know that, like, that's only fiction, but if that's the image that you're surrounding yourself with and filling up your brain, especially when you're in a vulnerable state, you're going to learn to fear incarceration and you're going to learn to be jealous and you're going to think that people aren't trustworthy. And it's like, why would we fill up our heads with that crap? So, like, instead of doing that, like, you can sit down and read Go GoPro or read, you know, The Slight Edge and read Compound Effect and read Tony Robbins' books. And when you do that, you're filling your brain up with all these great ideas. So this was an idea Tony gave back to me. He's like, you know, all I did was read. I don't have cable. You know, I just go to bed at half an hour, read, fall asleep. And he's reading Deepak Chopra or he's reading, you know, Dennis Hardy. And in doing that, then, like, when one of them had a conference, he would go to that conference and he would pick up a couple great things. He, he jokes about how Deepak Chopra's book is so good, but you meet him in person. Class sucks because he's just got this monotone voice. But through doing that, who has Tony become? He's mastered, like, one area of his life, and now he's the person that gets called out to do these conferences just because he was following somebody else that did it. You know, his mentors were Jack O'Lane and Tony Robbins and um, the Peaceful Warrior series. So because I've done that, now I'm getting to the point where I've written books and, and spoken on stage, and, and I get to speak at a lot of the Beach Body events. So... If that's what you want for yourself, that's some of the things that you should be doing. So anyway, I'm here on stage. Well, now I've got um, Matt James up on stage promoting the Beachbody products, and he's in my weak leg of my second CBC that's just washed out $2 million in volume, which is crazy. But So every for every $100 Matt James and his team sells, I make a cycle bonus in my second CBC, which is awesome. And it's got a huge amount of diamonds in it so it's basically huge potential so I went through and I looked and I'm like how much have I made in my first CBC and again I like numbers again I like to share with people that aren't intimidated by it and people that are having success because if you don't know where I've come from in my story you might just think I'm like this money hungry guy out to like conquer the world and get all the coaches and accumulate wealth and uh, I don't know put it I don't know, whatever you might think. That's why I start this call out with my journey. Like, I was a kid whose parents were on welfare back in Saginaw, um, and they were too proud to be on welfare. 
so as soon as they could, they got a, my dad took a job where he was just above the line of welfare, which really meant we were poorer than the people on welfare because the welfare people were getting free food and free cheese and all this other stuff. We were just above the line where we'd get state aid and federal aid, but we still had to buy all those things. So in a way, we were probably more proud, maybe happier, because we weren't being that victim mentality. We were conquering our, our own destiny, but didn't have a lot of money to go through. Um, so when I talk about money, I think I need to tell that story and everything that you've heard up to this so that you don't get your head blown out of proportion. So I looked at what I've made in my CBC. So Matt James is on stage saying that I'm the mentor that he's modeling for my business success because I don't necessarily know what I've done, but if Matt models my success, then he's going to be successful in a pace that's way faster than ever reading any book about it or doing any training. So my first CBC, he said that I was a million-dollar earner, and I thought back, and I'm like, well, that's true. I have made a million dollars in this company, but when people hear that, they think, well, this guy's earned one million. And no, that's not true. I earned one million in August 3rd of 2012. And now we're like, what, four years past that. So I went back and I looked. Um, so right now we're two years past that. My bad. I went back and I looked. And my CBC number one has earned $1.78 million. My CBC number two has earned $201. My CBC number three, and this is a neat case because CBC three has earned two hundred and seventy five thousand, which is more than CBC number two. So, is there still opportunities in this company? Yes. Who, who, how many people in this half this call would be depressed if they made two hundred seventy five thousand dollars? You know, and that's happened just a couple of years with CBC number three, and CBC number four, which I've had only open for like a year or two, um, is sixteen thousand. So you add all that up, that's two point seven, two point two seven million dollars in seven years so then i look at that and when i look at the number just written as a number it just looks like a number and then i then i put next to it 2.27 million i'm like oh my god like back when i was growing up and we were the ones getting you know the federal cheese or whatever it was to think about a million dollars is crazy but to think about 2.27 million dollars like i can't even envision how much money that is if you were to put it on a table like it's it's too many dollars to, like, add up to a, a visual cue. It's it's crazy. And then I'm like, well, how long does that take me? And I went back and I figured out my date. If you, if you search online for a date calculator, it would tell you your age. So I went back and looked, and it's been seven years, six months, and 12 days. And I'm like, that's awesome. Um, but if you think about it, that amount of money over that amount of time, which is still great, I'm not complaining, if you divide it out per day, comes out to $88 that I've earned per day. And I think that is another important message to take from this call is that, yeah, you might not be made, you might not be in the Millionaire's Club yet. And that's a good goal for you to have and, and, and put out there and see where you're at now and see what it would take to get there and then define the steps that it's going to take from here to there. That's how goals are accomplished. But it's also important to notice that if you're earning more than $88 a day in this business, which means just over $700 a week, you're on the same pace that I am or doing it faster than I am because, you know, those first two, three years in this business, like I was working for pennies on the dollar, you know. I was the one that got fired from a job from working too much and not making enough. I was the one that burned up $30,000 in savings by taking six off. 
six months off and trying to follow my dreams and help people and build a strong foundation, which has paid off in the long run. But even still, with my income as high as it is now, and people in the downline passing me with incomes like Jeff and, and Christina Richardson and Becky and all these great people that I'm super proud of, like there's no resentment in my voice for that because if your children or your your lineage can do better than you, you're never going to be jealous of that. You're only going to be proud. And so I'm super proud of those people. But when I look at it, that's $88 a day. So there's many people on this call that are already on that pace. And if you're not on that pace, what would it take to get there? So um, I thought this was going to be a short little call, and we're already over an hour, and Jeff was going to give me some guidance. So um, we can open up the line for calls now, um, or you can ask me some questions that you have. But um, it's obviously optional. Anybody stays this long, and maybe it's all BS that you're right now. But if there's any insight in there and you've got some things that you'd want to clear up or question me on, I'm open on it, and I've got some available time to do so. Obviously, I didn't need to guide you, Jason. That was freaking awesome. Um, but you've you have stirred up some questions on the on the team page. Um, it was uh, Anna. Anna's with a coach right now, and um, wa- basically wanting to know, you know, what was what was your biggest challenge um, at the very start of this whole journey for you that you can that you can think of. I mean, was was it related to, you know, your divorce? Was it related to um, the the job you had at the time? What was your biggest challenge at the very start in, in succeeding with Beachbody? How many do you want? Um, just thinking about that brings tears to my eyes. Like, the whole reason I started fitness was that, you know, my wife left. I was sitting in an apartment that I couldn't afford, you know, on, on one salary. Um, my wife got up, she went to Georgia, took my son. I mean, the biggest challenge emotionally is not seeing my son for the last seven years. Um, the biggest challenge for me, like, physically and emotionally was realizing that I wasn't a person that enjoyed my own company, so why would anybody else enjoy my company? Like, the first thing I had to do was look into the mirror and see, like, I mean, this is a funny story I think I I tell a lot when I speak about my journey, is that I was sitting in the couch with a plate of hot dogs next to me, drinking beer, playing um, the Da Vinci Code video game, and I thought to myself, like, why isn't anybody responding to my online dating account? And then I answered my own question, and I'm like, well dude, who wants to be a part of this glorious lifestyle? Playing Da Vinci um, on the Xbox and eating hot dogs and beer. I'm like, nobody. And that's when I decided that I need to change. So what were the biggest hurdles? Like, my wife leaving me and questioning my worth. Like, is there anybody that would want to date me at that point? You know, I'm a 34-year-old guy. Like, things at that point, like, are slowing down for most people. And, like, that's when I decided to turn on and look inside for the answers instead of outside. My MySpace was pretty cool, and I had a bunch of personal quotes on there that I came up with. But one of them was, like, I did everything in my life for not necessarily what I wanted, but what I wanted 
what I thought my parents wanted for me. And, and that may or may not have been true that that's what they wanted for me, but that's how I had determined my life. That's kind of how I chose my college. My dad had spent that time in the UP, and he knew the reputation that Michigan Tech had. So he was enamored by that, and he encouraged me to go. I'm not saying I didn't want to go, but that's what I knew that they wanted. Um, I chose engineering because it was a good profession. I got married because... My parents set a good example for that. I had children because I thought that was something my parents want. So at the end of those 33 or two or three years, I had the life that I thought my parents wanted. But after I opened my eyes, it wasn't the life that I wanted. So from that point on, I stopped asking, well, what would make other people happy and what would make me happy? And I think when you ask yourself the tough questions, I mean, I think this is an idea for my second book, is maybe it's called soul speak. Because I believe when you ask yourself the tough questions that you're afraid to answer or look at, your soul will respond. Like your soul knows what it wants. Um, But you have to be open to listening and receiving it. And so when I said to myself, like, if this is the girl you want to date, Jason, what does she want in a boyfriend? Like my soul said, well, you've got to look better. You've got to stop playing these freaking video games and have cool and fun hobbies. Um, You have to have more freedom. You have to have more money. and lo and behold, those are the things that I've become. Was the toughest point losing that first job and saying, you know what, I've only got this much savings that I refinanced the second mortgage on the house, which isn't bringing enough rental income to pay it off? Was it taking the chance to do that? Was it um, getting kicked out of my buddy's house because they worked for the owner at the first company, which I left to go do the video for? Was it like flying to New York, not knowing anybody there and hoping that like I could hang out with Tony and those people and be cool? Like I was intimidated by people like Melanie Boland. Was it like flying to a new city like Las Vegas and trying to recruit somebody like Bob Chrome and expand my vision for how cool this thing was to him and recruit him? It was it encouraging like somebody who trusted me with their health after, you know, life-scaring illness like Jeff and understanding that I was strong enough to help him accomplish all of his goals too. Was it like working so hard on coaching codes and the precursor to that, which was just an Excel Excel spreadsheet where I had to work a mandatory 60 to 80 hours per week at LAX And then I was coming home, trying to make a relationship work with Barb, trying to keep working my coaching account to get to the point where I could retire, opening up a second CBC, and in my spare time, working three or four hours a night on coaching codes because it was a tool I needed to build my team. Like, I don't know which of those was the worst problem, but those are all things that existed. And if you see your life... Um, and the goals that you want, and you see all the obstacles in front of it, you're not going to reach the goal. I mean, they were all hurdles, and they were all learning experiences, and they were all fun things that challenged me to grow. But I don't know which one was worse. I mean, I think many times for me, like, the worst thing was thinking about how much work it would take to get to the point, and if you sit there and concentrate, again, on the obstacles, or, you know, your obstacle could be rank, your obstacle could be volume, then you're not going to do it. But if instead you ask yourself those tough questions, the soul speech of, 
well, I know I don't have enough volume in my weak leg, but if I did, like, what's 10 things that could get it there for me? And then your brain is going to come up with all these great ideas, and nine of them might be shit, but if one works and you do that thing, then you get more volume. And that's basically all I ever did for the first five years until the volume was to a point where, like, okay, like, I got volume. Like, I said my goal is to get 10% of this this company in my downline. If you look at it now, I've got 36,000 coaches on my team, and we've got less than 200,000 active coaches um, in the company. So that's roughly 15% of the company is on the team, and that was the goal I set for myself seven years ago. How do you obtain a goal? You measure and you adjust. Any goal in your life, if you think about it, you've achieved it because you set the goal for yourself, and along the way you set different measurements for yourself. You know, and if that's like graduating from high school, you're like, well, I want to get all A's. And then you get a report card back, and you're like, oh, well, I'm not doing so good in English. I need to do more work in English. You you course, you self-correct your course as you work towards those goals. And everything in my business has been about keeping track of volume numbers, trying to achieve that two-to-one volume ratio. It's about what do I need to do to get myself to the next rank. It's who do I have to work with on my team to help their rank grow up. It's what are the tools that I need to get there. And if I didn't have them, I couldn't find them, I built them with coaching codes and coach tools. I mean, that's why that stuff exists because those are the things I needed. So I'm not sure if that answered your question. Um, and I could answer it from any one of a different perspective. Do you want to know in terms of relationships? Do you want to know in terms of wealth? Do you want to know in terms of emotional? Do you want to know in terms of spiritual? Because I've had challenges in each one of those along the way. And the only thing that that's going to to answer your question is if I answer the struggle that you're currently facing. No, that's, I think that pretty much sums up. I got a <laughs> message privately that it was um, spot on and absolutely an amazing call, she said. Um, David wants to know, Jason, you know, real quickly, you know, how have you supported your coaches to be successful? I mean, what do you think? Um, how do you keep up with it? What do you what, what do you attribute to supporting your coaches, or or you know, do you support them to they grow away from you? What, what what's your what's your what's your word on that? Well, I'm not the best in the business at doing that, and if I was, based upon my recruitment and the size of my team, I would be top coach. So, if I'm going to answer that question from an NLP perspective, I wouldn't model myself. I would model somebody that's more successful at developing coaches and who are those people. Those people are the ones that are earning these huge matching bonuses from a team. So you look at the Hillary Kellys, you look at the Mickey Wenders, you look at the Christina um, the two time there's only two 15 star coaches, Christina Dwyer and Janelle Summers. Like look at the stuff that they're doing and model that. If, and I'm not saying I'm a shitty coach, but if you model a shitty coach, you're going to have shittier results. If you model the best coach, and even if you do a shitty job, you'll have good results. Um, with that being said, what is my vision for it? You know, because I honestly think that that's one of my life missions is to create the right kind of training and support that does give coaches the path that they want. And we're doing that with Matt James right now. Um, I could throw around some names I'm probably not supposed to mention yet. But one of Matt James's famous clients 
is the guy that built the training system for Keller Williams, um, and it's called MAPS. And he did his NLP with, with Matt. So Matt is now working with Ron to get the training system that they had for Keller Williams that's made Keller Williams the number one reality company in the world um, and do that for NLP coaching and do that for Beachbody coaching. So that's like part of my mission that we're going to achieve. How does that look from my perspective? Well, when coaches sign up, you're going to get a new coach email similar to what Christina Richardson talked about on one of our previous calls. And what that does is it tells them to go to the back office and do the new coach training. And if you do just that training, you've got the fundamentals of this business down. You know 60 to 70% of everything I know. Now, the extra 30 to 40% is the seven years of experience, and, and they'll take that. But after that, now they qualify to do your um, Getting Started Right interview. And that's where you learn about them. And then after the Getting Started Right interview, you've got to set up those goals like I did with Jeff and reset the goals every time you achieve a, achieve a result. And then, you know, put them into a Coach Basics program and then, you know, graduate them to uh, Emerald the Diamond program. And if we can do that and create that training once in such a way that we have a new coach like Dave who comes on the team and sponsors a new guy like Chris, he can put Chris through our training structure, give himself credit for it, and get updates on when Chris goes through all the individual steps. And so that's something that we're trying to provide. What's worked great for me is a different answer. It's learning what the needs and desires are for that individual person that you've enrolled. If I look back on all the team leaders that we have on the call, you know, I've developed 17 or 18 diamond coaches. And only one or two of them are, like, people that were, like, network marketing or business experience. The vast majority of the coaches that I don't know are the people that are passionate about the fitness of what it can do for their lives. So how do you develop a great coach is you find somebody and help them to be passionate about the fitness program. And that's mostly through supporting people, which is still possible to do on the Beachbody message boards and in the chat rooms and in your challenge groups. Does it have to be a Facebook challenge group? No, I don't think so. Like, I never did a Facebook challenge group. And Jeff never did a Facebook challenge group when, you know, we started as coaching. Um, it's really about connecting with people, becoming somebody that they can rely on for help, support, motivation. I mean, I was on the message, you know, the chat room last night, and some girl was like, I just feel lonely. My legs are super sore. What should I do? So I just talked to her about legs, and at the end she's like, I'm like, you really should try a recovery drink if you want to have less soreness. And if you fill out this form, I'll send you free samples. Now, will that turn into uh, a lead who could potentially become a customer? Yes, maybe. And will that customer then, if supported, will become a coach? Yeah, I've seen it happen before. Now, will she? I don't know. But, I mean, that's the activity that you need to do to get there. And what's more important in that? Is it providing this excellent training structure that knows exactly what steps to go through? Or just realizing that what her goals were and helping her support that, helping figure out what her why is, holding her accountable to that, and growing with her as she achieves those results. That's how I've connected with my most important people. And I think most of the successful coaches would tell you a similar thing. It's not about the tools that you have. And Jeff always says it's more about how much you, you care than how much you know. And I've got this other interesting theory. You should never give me the microphone because I'll talk forever. Um... If you're a spoiled and pampered child, you grow up to be a needy, dependent adult that wants other people to do things for you. 
if you're an abandoned and independent child, you grow up to be a responsible, creative adult. So from one weird warped perspective that I had is the very best coaches on my team didn't need a lot of help. I didn't need a lot of help. Jeff didn't need a lot of help. Um, Christina Richardson doesn't want my help. <laughs> the truth is, is if you're going to make this work for you, yeah, it helps to be supported. It helps to you know share your goals with somebody. It helps. And I know that I've helped Jeff like skip some of those hurdles and obstacles that I've had. Has he had to come up with different ones and get around them in his own way? Yeah, definitely. But would he have succeeded without me? I think for sure he would have. You know, maybe not as easy. It might have taken longer. It wouldn't be as well-supported and maybe not as fun with a good friend and buddy. But the successful people are going to do it independent. And I think for those people, it's important for you to be a superconductor highway for them, to set the path, to push their obstacles out of the way, but don't be another one of those roadblocks. Like, they don't have to take the exact same path that you did. If they're going to be a star, they're going to be a star anyway, and it kind of doesn't matter what you do. But work hard to be that superconductor highway and not, like, another roadblock in their path. Awesome answer. Awesome answer. Okay, we're getting some people that are saying they're going to have to listen to the rest of the recording because we're at 90 minutes. But there's one last question that I do want to get in here. Um, and then and then uh, I'll ask you to dial this one back a little bit, Jason. But because um, we do want to we do want to wrap things up. But what are what would be the top two behaviors the, um, that you would say you've been consistent with over? You know, if there's two things that you can think off the top of your head, what would they be um, in regards to uh, you know your success over the last last 7.5 years? Well, I mean, it's got to be mindset, you know, and you can achieve that in any one of a number of ways. You know, I think that's why our, our our core behaviors that we recommend are so good. Like, if you have a great mindset from doing personal development every day, that's going to carry you through a lot of the hurdles. The other the other best thing that you can do in this in this business is just to talk people and get comfortable with talking to people. You know, which. And, you know, the next thing I would say is to work out and use our product. So, really, I just listed the three core behaviors, and it's not because I was trying to list the three core behaviors. I was telling you the three things that I've done to be successful. I've done personal development. I've taken all these classes that I've talked about, and that's helped me expand my mind and focus on the goals rather than the hurdles. I've talked to people at everywhere I go about what I do, and then, when you're passionate about the products, that's going to rub off on them. If you listen to what their goals are and you interpret how we can use the tools that we have to help them achieve their goals, now you're promoting the business. And then the third thing that you have to do, you know, in order to be passionate about the products is to do the products. So it's like, you know, I went to this, 15-day class with Matt down in Newport Beach, and I was giddy like a kid doing P90X the first time that I got to work out with him in the gym, and ever since then, you know, I've maybe missed two days in the last month because I've been excited about doing the workouts. Like, maybe you got to put a new spin on it, like Tony Horton says, variety is the spice of fitness. So right now, I'm doing all the P90X workouts on Xbox Connect, and it checks your form for you, and it 
gives you hints, and you can download a new version of P90X and do almost every workout, um, you know, with that connect sensor feedback. And that's a cool new way for me to do it, but I'm excited about doing it. I'm changing up my diet. I'm eating paleo now, um, and, and that's exciting and new to try. So I wish that answer was more exciting, but honestly, it's the three vital behaviors, and, and I didn't think of that from the three vital behaviors aspect I thought of the three things I did to make me successful. Same answer. No, those are your three those are your three behaviors. You know, and mm-hmm. I agree. I think everyone's gotta find those three things that really resonate with you. Okay, Jason, right. we are gonna wrap up. Before we do, I put two slides up on Team Sparty. The first one was my intro and that's what I took you through. The second one is body type presentation. So when people or when I wanted to get fit I didn't sit there and say, well, I want to do P90X. And I think if you come up to people and say that you should do P90X, like, it's a disservice because they're not going to say, well, I want to do 21 Day Fix. They're going to know what body type they want. So as we were recruiting tons of people at NLP, they knew they wanted to be part of the business. They knew they wanted to do a fitness program, but they didn't know necessarily which program. And I think instead of sitting there and explaining each one to them, I came up with this real simple PowerPoint solution. So the first page, if you look at it, just shows you five different programs. And there's P90X, Body Beast, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, and Pio. But I don't say what each program is. The only reason I show this is to get, give them a feel for what it will look like to do the different workouts. The second slide now, and all the slides will be in this format, it shows the trainer. Because when I see a, an image of Tony for P90X, I may say, well, I like this guy or I don't like this guy. I would work out with him or he's too old or he's too young or he's too white or he's too black or whatever. But I've got emotions about him. The upper left corner shows a picture for both man and female about the ideal body type that this will build. And then on the right, I shows real people's results from doing the fitness program in one or two, one or a couple rounds. The next picture is insanity, so that's more of like a runner's type body, and it shows real results in the picture of Sean. Next one's body beast, so it shows body beast competitor um, type bodies, and two people that had real results from body beast. Picture of Sagi. The last one's Pio, or Pio in 2186. It does a similar thing, because I know from my experience, people know the body type they want. They want a yoga body, or they want like a bikini model competitor body, or if they want a bodybuilder body, or they want a runner's body, like Sandy will give. So if you give somebody who's already interested in health or fitness or just the business the choice to look through this and pick out the body type that we want, then the questions that we have to ask them to get them into the right program are awesome. So if they choose Insanity Body, for instance, I'd be like, awesome. How much time do you have to work out? Do you like to use weights? Um, And if they said, well, I don't have a lot of time to work out. I'm just getting started and I don't want to use weights. Well, then I'm not going to tell them the asylum because that has weight. I'm not going to tell them sanity because that's an hour. I'd tell them something like T25. And that's where I think our job as a coach can come into play. We can give our experience helping them to get the body that they want. And so I don't need to put insanity up on the slide. and I don't have to put T25 up on there. I just see what they can relate to, what their um, image is for who they want to be. And then I use my own personal experience to help them get, get into a product. Now, to make this presentation better, we should have one for hip-hop abs. We should have one for um, um, Tai Chi and some of the other programs that didn't represent on this. But this is a good starting point. And I think next time 
you're confronted with a customer that doesn't know necessarily what program they want to do, but has an idea of who they want to become, this is a, a great way to do it. And I could sit here and talk for another half an hour about why I did this and the decision-making process that everybody goes through when they buy anything. But if you think about your last purchase, you thought about a visual representation of you want, you did some sort of kinesthetic approach to it, which is touch and feel, and then you did some auditory um, questions about what it meant to you. These slides are taking care of the visual and some of the kinesthetic portion of that, so it helps to make people's decisions easier. So I just wanted to touch upon that tool being out there now on Team Sparty, and if it's useful for you to help make, make people's decisions. When we use these slides in the classes and people came back to the table to see if they wanted to do Beachbody Fitness or coaching, we had a 100% close rate by using these slides. The ones where we didn't use the slides, probably 60 to 70% close rate. You still there? I'm still there. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were taking a pause or not. <laughs> so guys, those slides, um, I posted them in the event page as well as Team Sparty for those people that aren't a member of Team Sparty. I posted them in the team um, uh, the team call page as well for those of you who have been asking. So you can grab them from there because they're looks, looks like they're up online and you can open them with Word online or PowerPoint online, which I did throughout the call. So those are up there for you. Jason, thank you. Awesome call. Um, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback from people. Um, I'm just going to read one of those feedbacks to you just to kind of close out, um, you know, just to kind of give you an idea of what your call that you know, Jason and I talked just before the call about, you know, how we were going to set this up and what we thought it would bring to everybody and a little worried about if this was going to turn into something that was beneficial. And this should answer your question, Jason. Um, Garrett basically wrote, just want to say thank you, Jason, for this absolutely amazing call. So much deep insight. You rock as a leader and truly inspiring person. So I'm getting quite a few of those on the page. So um, it ended up being something that I think we thought it wouldn't be, something even better. So it was a great call, and I really appreciate it, and I love you, dude. You're a, you're a brother, and just something that, something that somebody who came into my life who changed mine and just from your journey, so I really appreciate it. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And if you're inspired at all by me helping Jeff do that or, you know, like me being the leader for you, just think about how Tony Horton's been a leader for me and how, you know, my sponsor was a leader for me, and then, the really important and cool thing is, like, who are you going to go on to inspire? Um, before we know it, like, my time will be up at this. Um, and you'll be the ones leading the calls. You'll be the one building your teams and inspiring other generations. And so that's, that's really how it can be motivational for you to know that you're coming to this spot in the future. And that's how it can be uh, worthwhile to me is to know that I've created other people that are helping other people. And, and that's really, for me, what this world's all about is, you know, contributing to others and helping them accomplish their dreams. So thank you all for your attention and, uh, and uh, recognition. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. And Jason's describing something that Doug Fitzgerald um, talked to me about not too long ago about, you know, when we can turn leaders, new leaders up, you know, it makes us very proud. And, and it's basically at that point where 
people like Jason and myself, and I think to some degree we're already there, and I'm very comfortable in this position now, but we're basically leading from the back of the room. That's what we're doing now. Um, at events, and I know Jason will attest to the same thing I'm about to say here, is that Summit for me this past year was a totally different experience because, you know, the year before was for both Jason and I, it was kind of overwhelming because we were up on stage so much for this and that. But this past summit, um, went up there just for a couple minor things, and we got to sit back and really see the effect, the domino effect that we've had on our team and helping other people build great lives. We got to sit back and be that leader from the back of the room and watch all these new emerging leaders, you guys, who's got so much in front of you and so many possibilities and such a great life ahead of you as a coach, go up there and we get to celebrate your success. So that's what our goal is, is to develop more of you and, and be proud papas and proud proud mamas in, in the crowd. And and hopefully this call has helped you guys see that it's possible. So thank you, Jason, reminding everybody that we will be taking next week off for Thanksgiving and wanted to, on behalf of Jason, wish you both, um, both of, from both of us to all of you, a very uh, happy Thanksgiving, very um, hopefully nutritional Thanksgiving. Don't overeat. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on the flip side the Thursday after with Miguel Carrasco, leading coach in the, the country of Canada. So until then, we'll talk to you guys uh, in a couple of weeks. Good night, Jason. Good night, everybody. Take care. Have a good night.